Well, hello and welcome to episode 156 of The Cool Room, and a very special episode it is too, as we are finally joined by One Drop Brewing, who have been trying to get on the show for many moons. Uh, we're really lucky to have done a live show with them at Hopheads in Yarraville, and a big shout out to our very good mates at Hopheads. Um, I do need to say right at the start of this episode that while Hopheads is one of our favourite Melbourne venues, uh, a great Great place with great people and some amazing beers always on tap. Uh, it is not the most wonderful place acoustically to record a podcast. Uh, and for those reasons, despite our very best efforts, the audio in this is not up to our usual levels. So if this is your first time visiting the cool room, uh, please know that we normally manage audio that sounds a bit better than this. Uh, and please check out some of our previous podcasts for that to be demonstrated. Uh, we think the content in there is really interesting and we want to share it with you that's why we're putting out the episode uh, but we will also try and get uh, one drop back on the show in our live online series at some stage in the future so we can hear their voices even clearer uh, but please check out the episode and check out our facebook page if you haven't already to see more of the live events that we've got coming up we're coming out to williamstown beer festival in melbourne uh, in the following weekend from when this podcast will be published we also have more great online events. Uh, you can get the beers for those from our online store. Just search Shopify Cool Room Podcast and you'll get to see the tasting packs uh, for our online events. Uh, and we've got some great ones coming up on that front as well, including uh, next up, Bright Brewery coming back to the show. So look, really hope you enjoyed the episode. Apologies for the audio quality and we look forward to seeing you all in the flesh and online really soon. Radio. let's go over to Hopheads, where my good friends Travis and Warren are standing by with me to talk to OneDrop. Hello, guys. When was the last time we were all in the same spot together? Probably here, like last time we did a podcast. Yeah, probably last time we did a podcast. <laughs> probably, was it? Could have I been co-conspirators. No, yeah. oh, no, I think it was co-conspirators. No. It was definitely co-conspirators. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was definitely the last time. I don't remember much from that day because I was drinking our cold IPA collab that was 6.5% and after about my fourth pint I think the rest of the day is a complete blur mm. I learned about dog Uber that day which I had no idea about which is you can call a special Uber that will take your dog uh, I don't think the person who was driving the Uber had any idea of the scale of dog that I own uh, but we all got home in one piece and Lionel has now had his first uh, Uber trip there you go. that's amazing, amazing. Yeah. um Guys, given that we're all in the same space together, I think it would be remiss of us if we didn't talk about some beer. Yeah, let's. Yeah, that is a really great idea. But um, before we talk about the beer, let's talk about the people who are representing the beer. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Let's start with that. I forgot they were even here. We yeah, were like, like, yeah, this is good. We, yeah, we're podcast guests. You know, remember. Um, it's been a little wild trap, but it has. It has. Uh, yeah. So we are lucky enough to have from One Drop Brewing Co. Uh, Nick and Monty. And as our tradition stands, uh, what we normally do is get you to introduce yourselves and let us know what your favourite, uh, what the other person's favourite beer is. Um, yeah, or even introduce each other rather than oh, introduce yeah, yeah, yourself. Yeah, no, so I don't want to be all English oh, yeah, teacher yeah, true, too true, early yeah, in the yeah, night. Oh, we're going all out so, on this one, aren't we? 
Uh, Rob, Mon- Rob Monty Montgomery, would you mind uh, introducing Nick for us? Tell us what he does and then tell us what you think his favourite beer is or what his favourite beer should be. Uh, so, Nick, I reckon, well, he's a head brewer at uh, One Drop. Um, he is one of the founders, um, been there right from the start, and yeah, I reckon his favourite beer would be a lager. Um, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, there was like a sigh from the crowd there. Like, <laughs> I showed you my favourite beer today. There's a bottle in the car. Oh, oh now we're gonna, we'll get to that. No, it's up to you. No, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like David Beer, uh, Carlton Cold, is <laughs> not a style really. It's more of a lifestyle. So. <laughs> Oh. Is there any beer yeah. that you keep in the car? Is that beer? Is that the oh, thing? Actually, you know? yeah, it's like it's in there because we drove past today, and I was like, "This is a fantastic beer. I need to buy this." But... We look forward to hearing that story as things unfold. Um, Nick, do you want to uh, introduce Monty? Which I feel like this is going to be quite interesting now that he said your favourite beer is lager. Um, making sure we talk into the microphone and no, uh, the crowd can hear us. Um, Go for it. What's, so, what's the dirtiest, so, uh, darkest Robert, secret? Robert, Robert Monty Montgomery, uh, sitting to my left, uh, absolute legend. Um, Monty is our head of sales, uh, came on board, what, 18 months ago? Um, and has been killing it ever since um, and helped us along our uh, growth trajectory and been, been, been very much a key player in what we do. Um, I think uh, Monty Montgomery's favourite beer. Could, We're going to call him that all night, aren't we? Um, I think it could be Mellow Yellow Sour. Ooh. Whoa. How about outside of the One Drop staple? Lager. Lager. <laughs> Excellent. What is that? Uh, what is it's that? actually Tuatara APA. Ooh. Oh, nice. Good that drop. Just, that actually yeah. got me into craft beer back in the day. Ditto. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, Trev, there you go. You just don't see, is it still coming into Australia? Like yeah, I have those very I'm... awesome bottles. It's mm. yeah. 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 yeah, they were, yeah. I've got, uh, I've got two bottles that w- of Tuatara beer that were released for two different uh, Taika Waititi films sitting at home, still unopened. Uh, that I stole from the cinema when I was working there, even though we weren't supposed to steal them. I did. Just, um, just remember, kids, you're not supposed to steal. <laughs> no one from Cinema Nova's listening to our podcast. Yeah. I know sure that's not enough. true. <laughs> um, so we should we should move on the beer and quickly, and we'll start the journey down there. Um, so what we've got is the we're, we're lucky enough to have two beers in front of us, and I think it, it's really interesting that we've got these two particular beers. So um, the slower down parallel and the keep up IPA, and an awesome set of names there, by the way. Um, Let's start with the pale. Let's start with the slowdown. Nick, did you want to give us a rundown of, of the slowdown? Maybe a bit of a tasting and an idea of how, how you put it all together. Yeah, so um, uh, the slowdown pale ale uh, is... So both beers come out of something we've been trying recently, which is like a, uh, we do an R&D kind of hazy program. Um, so we're 
one drop started, a bit more core rangey, um, and then did a lot of sours. We've, we've put a lot of effort into using our pilot tanks to uh, explore the IPA space and then lean on some of the great brewers that are in Australia um, and are friends of ours. So um, Slow Down Pale Ale comes out of that program, uh, and we were lucky enough to also be part of the BRACT program, which is a hop breeding program out of New Zealand, uh, New Zealand Hops. Nice. Wow. Um, so how did you get involved in that program? What does, uh, what, what's the genesis for that? Uh, a mixture of uh, pestering them until they let us in and <laughs> them inviting us along, but a whole range of other breweries in Australia and around the world um, were brought in to essentially trial unnamed hops mm-hmm. um, that are at the kind of end part of the breeding program and provide feedback on those before they go commercial. So the hop we use in this uh, is NZH zero one zero sorry one zero two. Uh, it's one of my favourite names. It just rolls <laughs> off the tongue. <laughs> Evidently, um, my understanding is that it has gone commercial and it will be available in the next year or two, which I'm pretty excited about. We've used it in a few beers recently. Is um, it going to have a natty name? Yeah. Do they give it a name? Tell me the name. They don't. They are like, well, it's coming. It's going to be commercial. We're not going to tell you the name. I was like, how am I supposed to order it? If you're not yeah. Going to tell mm. me the name. Uh, anyway, so this, this hop uh, features prevalently in the Slow It Down, um, along with, we did a really, really um, warm ferment of our house um, ale strain, um, and we also fermented it under pressure. So um, there's almost a Belgian-y character to it um, that the yeast is throwing out, and our yeast we never really knew could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very cool to see where that yeast can go, especially in such a, um, a beer that there's not a lot of. It comes out of our pilot program. Uh, and then the NZH102 uh, typically throws uh, red apple, citrus, um, a little bit of Jolly Ranch, like red Jolly Rancher mm-hmm. is what they, the describer they say. Mm-hmm. I don't get too much of it in this, this beer, but um, I think it definitely complements the, the ester character that the yeast is throwing. Um, yeah. I get some of what, that red apple. What you guys reckon? Yeah, I get some of that red apple, particularly, and this is a very David kind of story, but I go far and wide looking for uh, the like quite strange red apple breeds. I'm not a just a gala or a jazz kind of man. I like those old school uh, red apples, the yep. ones that almost taste a bit funky in and of themselves and yep. have that sort of really sort of old school apple taste, and I get that out of this yep. especially. Thank you, NZH102. Exactly right. It's, uh, it... um, Warren, I know I've been away for a while. When did we become an Apple podcast? Yeah, it's... <laughs> have you... Have, like, it, this is like the first time we've gone off track and talked about something else, Travis, obviously. Yeah, totally. Um, do you reckon NZH actually stands for New Zealand Hop? I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever. We, and they've done 102 different ones that they've got... I, I reckon they've done... No, I reckon, I reckon it's one of those ones where they didn't start with... One and two. I reckon they started at a hundred, just to yeah. make it sound like they'd already done a hundred. But I don't want to that smirch. Perfect that's perfect. Of the podcast today. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, hazy, hazy style. Both the both of these guys are hazy. Um, the the thought process behind going in that direction, as opposed to uh, maybe the the more classic West Coast West Coasty styles. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, I think, it, like, yeah, it's, it's... Everyone's doing it, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's something that we admired a lot of other breweries, both internationally and nationally. Mm-hmm. Something that we wanted to explore. Uh, we've done a few West Coasts um, to great success. Uh, yep. And this is something where we wanted, as an, a program, where we're constantly changing things up. Uh, this, uh, this program is something we could kind of explore. And, and yeah, hazy beers were 
with that one we were not very confident on and, not, and I personally was not very confident in making. And so rather than trying to make the odd one, it was like, let's dedicate a bit of structured time and effort yep. to the pilot program and, 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 and nail this and, and lean on other brewers for uh, tips and look at or, or, um, uh, or advice and you know, reach out to suppliers and things like that and really get collaborative on it. So. Amazing. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the other question that jumped to mind is when you're testing a hop or where, when you're part of a trial program, yeah. do they give you... Do they give you any instructions as to how they'd like you to use those hops? Like, I've, I've, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, here's some hops. Give it a shot. Tell me what you think. But potentially, given that they've got, a, they've got a big commercial say in this, do they tell you what style they, they want you to do? Do they, tell you, do they give you any guidelines as to what they want? I think what they... Not really, no. So they, they're like, just brew what you think where this hop would go and they give us a brief on what the hop is and a bunch of data on it and then we use the way we think we should use it and, but, but on their side they're choosing breweries that make different products yeah. right so they're choosing hazy make like prevalent hazy brewers or prevalent Belgian style brewers or yep. so they're already from their side they're approaching brewers and companies that will already use this hop in different ways sure. and get that feedback awesome uh, so that's really cool and there's a whole joint program of feedback so we all send back data digitally to them but there's also a, a forum we can all chat in as brewers of how how the hop reacted and what we did and what we found we liked and we didn't like and things like that great that's yeah it's, yeah that's again, fascinating. like everything in this industry it's quite collaborative yep yeah yep. cool uh that i've forgotten i've just realized we've forgotten to ask you guys about the actual brewery and this is probably more of a monty <laughs> question um Tell us about. Is, we've got a few. David keeps on saying we've got international listeners, but you know, we do. Yes, we've, we've got, got we've got listeners. two international listeners. <laughs> yeah, so for our international listeners, Monty, tell tell them about botany. Like it's yeah. The, it, it, I suppose everyone who's heard of Sydney understands botany is in Sydney, but a lot of people don't understand. It's in between where the bridge and, and, the, and the, yes. the opera house, as far as I know, isn't it? <laughs> Something like that. Isn't um, everything in Sydney? Yeah, isn't everything? The whole of Sydney is between the bridge and the opera house. Um, yeah, give us, give us a picture of the brewery and, and where and the beautiful location it's, it's found itself. Yeah, no worries. Um, so, well, I guess for the, for the international uh, listeners... Uh, it's a 12-minute Uber from the International ter- Terminal. So if you are getting in in the Arvo, um, for the, I guess, yeah, national Australian listeners, um, eight-minute Uber. So we're, we're always uh, welcoming people with baggage and, and uh, luggage. Is that actually correct? Is that, is that precise on your timings from International Terminal? Depends who's driving, terminal? but yes. Like, so, <laughs> so the beauty so. of this is that you could go to Sydney, get off the plane... Go and visit One Drop, and go and get on the plane again and fly out without having to be troubled by the Opera House and the bridge and all those other bits of Sydney you wouldn't want to visit. You can just get in and out of the brewery really nice and easily. Hundred percent. Come see the best part. I've got to go to Sydney for work in a couple of weeks, and we've just realised earlier tonight, Nick and I, that my workplace is literally just round the corner from you guys. I feel like I'm going to tell my Uber driver to take me to One Drop rather than the office. Yeah. Like, it's only 12 minutes. Uh, eight minutes. There'll be, there'll yeah, be a testing paddle ready for you. Ah, see? Great. <laughs> Love it. Um, in terms of the, I guess, yeah, the tap room itself, um, as you walk in, big, uh, used to be like an old school, I think it was a paper, paper store. Paper store. Mm. Um, so big high ceilings, warehouse, 
bunch of greenery, lots of plants, um, reggae music playing all day, every day. Who, um, whose choice is that? Uh, well, it's, it's in the one drop. It's, it's in, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. On, I, yeah. Um, it sounds very botany. Very botany. Um, but, yeah, no, we've we got uh, food truck rotates uh, every week. So I guess from uh, the workers around the area, they love that, that change. Um, but, yeah, it's very inclusive community. Uh, it's all about, yeah, family-friendly, kid-friendly, bring your dogs. Um, if you can, yeah, bring your golden retriever, I'll, I'll be there all day. So we are just public notice we are dog friendly and child tolerant <laughs> I dressed my child up as a dog when I went and visited and that seemed to be fine people didn't examine too closely so. Nick I know you and I have spoken before we started recording tonight and we've just talked about being child tolerant do you want to tell us any stories about things that have happened with children in the brewery not on the air no. <laughs> sorry no good no, just um just if you're taking your kids to a brewery, just please watch over them and make sure they're safe at all times and you know where they are. That's all I'm going to say. That's I think I think you've been very diplomatic you and sensible. Probably a leash there. if you want, but I'm not going to tell you to, right? And, and dogs are usually smart enough to stay out of the areas they shouldn't be in. Um, I think this might be a little, a really good opportunity to move on to the IPA. Um, Monty, how do you sell this to people? When you go into a when you go in a bar, what do you say? Like, how do you how do you yeah get them to put this on their tap list? It's a good question. Um, IPA is, I guess, yeah, definitely. It's a little bit more saturated than the sour market. Um, there will be more yeah pales and IPA taps available. Um, but for me, it's all about exploring what's different and the innovation that comes from like the story behind what we've done with the beer, um, whether it be the, the hot combinations to to or everything from pushing that I guess that in-house hazy yeast yep. um, to clean fusion, which is a I guess a, a dry hopping technique that we've uh, Nick has Nick and the brewing team have come up with okay. um, using the centrifuge. Um, but then yeah, also from a Everything behind the beer, from the design of the can labels um, to the name as well, and where that comes from. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things that we can talk about. Yeah, nice. There's a whole lot of questions there. So there really, is. the question is, what order we go? Do we go in? And perhaps can you take us on a bit of a tasting tour? You know, tell us, you know, when we hold this up to the light, how it should look, what we should be getting when we smell it, and then the flavours, and we can go on to the rest of the, the story behind it from there. Is it weird for you, Monty, to have to talk about beers in front of Nick? I mean, is that sort of a, a weird bit where you go, gee, I hope I remember what I've got to say properly? Uh, yeah, when I guess when you release over two different beers per week, <laughs> it can get a little bit mixed up. Um, but yeah, it's, in, it's very important for us to taste and go through as a team. Um, and the best thing about beer is it's, it's so, I guess... Everyone's got different taste buds. Um, I get different things out of different beers, and that's the best thing about it. Yeah, nice. Like, when we do events like this, I rely on Monty to know what's in the beer, not me. <laughs> like, what's in that sour again? It's, it's yeah, no, it works pretty well. Because I guess it's a while since this beer was in your orbit. Like, so well, yeah, I mean, this this beer was was ideated and, and thought about in August, you know, and then scheduled and ingredients were brought in, and since then there's been another forty odd beers to go through my head. So. 
Um, it's nice to come back and refresh, but uh, coming back to keep up, or me trying to keep up per se, uh, this is uh, just a stock standard IPA. It's around uh, late, yeah, higher, 5.9%. Thank you, Monty. Um, hazy, light color, that kind of straw. Um, Halter Haze, part of the name. Um, and I guess in terms of more of a story compared to the um, uh, the slow it down, which which uh, we just had, um, same same base um, with. Uh, so when you say same base, sorry, same friend, malt, you were, sorry, sorry, malt base, same malt base um, with slightly less Vienna malt, or in fact no Vienna malt. So you, if you have them side by side, the <clears throat> the slow it down is a little bit darker. So the keep up has a lighter lighter colour to it. Um, rather than kind of going single, we have um, a quartet of hops in this one. Ooh. So um, cryopop uh, on the hot side, which is something that we've um, we've loved using from YCH, which is essentially a blend of hops that's helped that you, that's added to the whirlpool that helps with biotransformation. Then um, that kind of we let our house yeast cut sick on that and really biotransform as much as it can um, in fermentation. And then on top of that, we've done uh, locally grown Vic Secret, Citra, and uh, whole melon, uh, which is something I'm trying to incorporate a bit more of these aromatic German hops, which don't get any love at all in the brewing world, and we've had quite a bit of success with them. So. Yeah. Uh, so we're tasting these, the pale ale and the IPA side by side. Yeah. Um, give us a rundown on the similarities. Any hops that are the same, all completely different? All completely different. Um, yeast is the same. Malt bill's pretty similar. Um, what you're going to find is the pale ale's kind of single hop driven, so NZH102, uh, and that kind of red apple, a little bit of Belgian character, uh, and then the keep it up, uh, sorry, keep up, um, far more citrus, citrus heavy, a um, bit smoother, a bit fuller. Uh, the higher alcohol helps us load more hops into the beer. Yep. Um, and then again, that whole melon, which I find is like a B grade substitute for Nelson Sauvon. Um, you do get a bit of a melon gooseberry berry vibe there as well. So uh, still both quite light and drinkable uh, on the IPA space. So yeah, something we're also about these two beers, drinkability was a big thing we wanted. So yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, for newer craft beer drinkers out there. What would you say? Uh, I love the fact you're looking at Warren when you say that. I know I wasn't meaning to look at Warren when I said that. I was like that wasn't my thing. I was looking at the wall, wasn't? No, I wasn't. Um, what would you say the uh, you know the difference between the two styles is as you finish your pale ale? Yeah. Um, look, I think I think the pale ale by design has a bit more fullness to it, um, being and that's just to support the hop character. Keep it up, being lower ABV. Uh, than a typical IPA we would do um, makes it yeah I think they're both equally drinkable and hop character is quite not polarising but there is there's a comparison there where you're going more softer fruitier versus more I guess that that old school tradition of like citrus uh, heavy which would be in the keep up Monty which of the two is the biggest seller Uh, keep up for sure yeah 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 Um, but that probably lends itself to a big tank versus a small tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll rephrase the question. Which one do people gravitate towards in the tap room? I think the keeper. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. Nick, which one's your favourite? Keep up for sure. Oh, everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> we're all just getting answers about the keep up. I, 
We've moved on from that anyway. Thanks, finished. I was drinking it. It must have been nice. No, so the keep up um, was in a 5,000 litre tank, whereas the, the slower down was in a, a, a 1,000. So, talking is five times the supply. But oh, so the, yeah, that's a. Yeah. So, what I like about the keep up is it's full. Uh, it's full in the mouth. Um, once you've swallowed, it's, it's enough dryness to want to have another sip, which uh, I think there's a lot of IPAs out there, especially ones we've made earlier, that were quite thick and sweet. Um, and this is actually quite a balanced session with beer. Um, for an IPA um, that's also quite loaded up with hops so yeah. how does your brewing technique change brewing at one drop versus uh, brewing overseas uh, equipment's a big one so excuse me what equipment you're able to bring in and how you're able to use it for sure you know so uh, in Europe we were brewing a lot more lager <laughs> for obvious reasons um Hazies we weren't really doing, and we were pushing the sour space a little bit. But the, I was brewing in Croatia early, earlier on, and the, the translation for sour translates roughly into like sour milk, like curdled milk. So yeah, right. when yep. you're explaining there's a sour beer, the look on people's faces is quite visceral. They're like, what? Um, because the translation doesn't really work very well. But over here, um, I think the market was completely right to bring sours over and fruit and stuff. And, I guess it's more style-based versus versus technique. Yeah. Uh, uh, we are now kicking off with our mellow yellow beer. It sounds very 80s, Nick. Yeah, no, I think Mel was born in the 80s, wasn't she? 88, Aussie? I think. 88. Yeah. So Mel, Low uh, Pineapple uh, Sherbet Sour, named after our lovely head of marketing, uh, Mel Low. You yeah, know, lots of creativity at one drop. Nice. Um, Yes, no, very 80s vibe. What do you guys reckon? Have you had a taste? What do you reckon? Uh, we are, so, I, I love it. It's great. It's a bit crazy, eh? But delicious. It's got a lot so. of weird stuff going on. Can you give us a breakdown, some tasting notes? Were you involved in this brew? Yeah, I was. So, uh, out of all the beers we're tasting tonight, this was the only beer I was uh, physically involved in. And the other three fantastic beers were done by my production team while I was away. So... Um, shout out to them, legends. Are you going to make them, are you going to make them listen to the podcast? Is I will. I'm going to force them to. It's part of their salary to listen to every podcast we do. Your staff gets salary. This is sometimes. Yeah, maybe a beer stipend. It depends how well we're doing. How well Mont is doing. No, uh, the Mellow Yellow is a kettle sour base. So all of our all of our sours start the exact same way, which is soured in the kettle. So explain, the what, the, explain so, what that means, yeah. particularly for new for All right, new people for the newbies the out there. World of so, in the brewing process, we have a thing called a kettle, and that boils the wort, um, which will turn into beer one day when yeast do their job. So, which is a great spot for pasteurization, right? Because you're boiling something. So, what we're able to do, uh, which a lot of people do for kettle sours, is um, at that process, they stop. They pitch a whole bunch of bugs, which will be, which for us is lactobacillus, um, and we let that lactobacillus grow and create lactic acid, and um, essentially uh, give it a lovely sugary home to leave us uh, with beautiful acidic products. Um, for us personally, we leave it for three nights, so we usually brew on a Friday and then kick it off again on a Monday. And what I mean by kick it off is. Um, what is essentially a controlled infection has finished. Um, we then boil the product again, so it's, it's, it 
pasteurizes and creates another sterile uh, wort, and then we ferment as usual. So I've got to say, controlled infection might be the T-shirt I make myself as a result of our time together tonight. Because I think that sums up a number of things that you know yeah. I'm involved in. Yeah. Can you, David? Can you get a T-shirt that says "controlled infection" and wear it on election day? <laughs> oh, but biting political comment here. Oi. I'd wear that. Yeah. See, and he doesn't even live in Victoria. That's why I can get away with wearing it. On election day. <laughs> So what that does essentially is it leaves us with a product, it leaves us with a base that is um, quite acidic, uh, and a lot of that acidity comes from lactic acid, hence lactobacillus. Um, same stuff that will um, that get that makes your yogurt sour and things like that. And from there we ferment it, and then we like fuck heaps of fruit into it, eh? So in this specific instance, we fermented on. Uh, well, sorry, in the in the uh, brewing process, we also added. Um, New South Walian uh, single origin milk sugar straight ah, out of, milk out of sugar. Vega. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and uh, sorbet powder and sherbet powder. What's, sor- what's sorbet powder? So, as love, like as romantic as you want to be when you go to a gelato and get sorbet, it's, it's just. It's That's just, usually one of just, my most romantic. It's just rehydrated powder with some flavouring in the real cheap places. So. A um, little bit of that, um, sherbet powder, so, you know, we're talking um, dried citric acid, bit of flavouring, bit of sugar, um, this is all added in, and our yeast cuts sick on it, ferments it out, and then um, at canning, what we do is, before pre-package, I should say, post-fermentation, which is quite risque, we add unfermented pineapple juice to this specific beer, um, and then we package it. And then we pray that it doesn't <laughs> blow up. No, um, we have a pretty pretty stringent process um, that we we work with our suppliers on, making sure that uh, no re-fermentation will happen. Um, and that's a mixture of uh, <clears throat> using in-house equipment and getting uh, the right suppliers on board in our supply chain. So this specific beer, uh, it's acidic. <laughs> Uh, but there's a sweetness, and that sweetness comes not from residual sugar like a normal beer, but from unfermented pineapple juice, um, which I think is quite prevalent. Um, there's a bit of dryness, uh, and the acidity uh, kind of wavers between that lactic and that citric, which you get in sherbet. So um, it does have a bit of a twang at the end, hence the sherbet sour series. Yeah, right. Can you tell us about the unfermented pineapple juice? Because isn't that just pineapple juice? Yes, but what would happen in most circumstances is a pineapple sour would be fermented with the fruit. So yeah. all the fructose would be fermented out. And, and that's but the what op- we're now, we're fucking playing with the devil, right? And we're like adding unfermented fruit to this can uh, or this keg, which can essentially create bombs, right? Like and, and we love explosion stories. Oh, see, right. We haven't even got to the traditional cool room question yet. Maybe now's a good time to... To get to the Uh-oh. traditional cool room question, yeah? Which is um, Warren, do you want to ask it, or do you want me to ask it? I'll ask. So, <clears throat> so we're called the cool room because usually we like to open the curtain and show people kind of what happens in the background of a restaurant and brewing businesses and, and how it's not all sunshine and roses. Yeah. Um, so the question is, what's the craziest, smelliest, most explosive thing that's happened in a cool room? And it doesn't have to be in the cool room itself. It could be in you know, the, 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 
the brew, the tap room. It could be anywhere as part of the you know, the whole the whole lifestyle, which is brewing. I've I've got some in that. Uh, it, it affects all of those things and more. So that's quite the explosion. Less explosion and more like uh, brewery <laughs> flooded with sewage waste. Oh, nah, but it's our sewage, right? So. Um, as part of the production process, we have a big thing called the sump, which is universally hated by everyone who works at One Drop. Um, and it's essentially a large pit that all of our runoff from the bar and the brewery and the drains and everything goes into. It's then recirculated until it's pH neutral, and then it goes out to the sewer, right? Which is totally normal, sustainable, council-based thing we were told to do. Problem. Love the local government reference. Problem is, is that for the first two and a half years didn't really work. Um, and so when you put in fruit, hops, yeast, alcohol, bar, sewage, like not sewage, but um, you know, grey water runoff into one pit, um, and then the dosing stops working, and then the pump stops working, and then you know, you've taken this beautiful weekend off to go camping and you've left the brewery alone and then the taproom staff come in at like 11am to open the taproom for all of our lovely, lovely customers and there's a two-inch thick, like, hoppy, re-fermenting, like, rotten fruit mess that has permeated all through the brewery and the cold room and the malt room and where people eat. And where people eat and sleep, and, oh, sorry, eat and drink and, and, occasionally and sleep. be merry. Yeah, we've been, we've slept there. That sucked the first time. The second time was annoying. And the third time was like, how do we just, do we just stop? Do we just shut the brew down? Because this, this stuff sucks. Yeah, so we got it, we finally kind of got it sorted. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was... That's really good to know. Is that our first sewage story uh, I, I have told a sewage story before. You've, oh, yeah fair, yeah, fair point. But I don't want to revisit that either right now. No, it's, it's ah. a bit of PTSD bringing it up again because I feel like we've got it fixed and if I'm talking about it, I feel like I'm, when I get back to the brewery tomorrow, it's going to be flooded. So if we can just leave it there, that would be... I really want to know, Nick, if you get back to the brewery tomorrow and it's flooded. Like, I really want to <laughs> I'll hear let that you know. story. Can I go back a stage to talking about the beer that was in front of us yeah, before sorry. we moved on to outpipes. Great segue, David. Uh, because I'm genuinely fascinated. I just wanted to just double-check that the only fruit that's actually been added to this is pineapple. Uh, there is a small amount of lemon and lime zest that's fermented with, and that is to help with the acidity profile. Because I get a little bit of that, but I also get mango, I've got to say, in some of those other flavours, so it's always fascinating yeah, right. uh, when people get flavours uh, that aren't introduced in that other way so yeah um, yeah I mean 100% so we, we I forgot to bring that up sorry but it's um, because of the citric acid that's usually found in sherbet this being a sherbet beer we fermented on uh, well the fermentation took place on citrus and lime peel for that natural cit- cit- citric acid uh, and acidity but the mango I think uh, yeah I mean I totally get it now that you say it it's not purely just it's, it's just quite me, tropical but, right yeah um but yeah, no, just straight pineapple juice and, 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 our, and our house um, sour yeast that um, you know, rips through the fermentation quite quick and it can be quite tropical at times. So I guess it's a mix of both of those, yeah. yeah. You guys have done a few sours over the time. Do you do them all the same way? They, so they start off all the same way. 
and then they take a different part. And whether that be fermented on the fruit, or fruit added at the end of fermentation, or a mixture of both, um, or what we're, I mean, we're working with Monty, kind of what we're going to do is we're going to do a really, really big sour and then split it off like four different ways into four different beers and, you know, dose fruit and sugar and things different ways. So we are playing with that base, but, yeah, Travis, that base is the same every time. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Um, I, I'm not sure I get the mango that David's talking about, but, like, the pineapples. It might well just be there. It's, Yeah. Well, you reckon sour, though. What do you reckon, brother? Well, I, I love pineapple and beer, so it's just delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I understand it can be quite polarizing. So, yeah, it's... Monty, do you find that out in the market? Like when you're, do you, like when you're selling it, do you find that polarizing in terms of? Do you, do you find that people find this polarizing? Like the people who are actually buying it, do, do you get a? love it or hate it kind of vibe from people when you go into a, a bottle shop or a, or a bar as when, and showing this around? Um, I think to some degree, yes. Um, but at the end of the day, they kind of refer to the, the label and its description. And I love the fact that you look at the label and it's exactly what it says. Um, that's Full of mango. No, <laughs> mango sherbet sour. <laughs> Well, this is lovely, but I know we've got another sour from you guys lined up to have next, and we're going to start to move into even more of the weird and wonderful full-on world that One Drop is. So yeah. uh, we might just have a little break so that everyone here live at Hopheads in Yarraville can get the next uh, beer into their glasses, the Tropical Super Highway, and we'll come back and talk about that one and some of the even bigger, weirder adventures that you guys have in the world of That's sour right. beers. Well, here we are. We're back at Hopheads in Yarraville. We've got one more beer to officially taste with the team from One Drop. Then we're going to turn off the recording, I think, and enjoy the slushy that they've brought down for us. A bit like we do when we're doing online broadcasts, uh, where we get to turn off the microphones, turn off the recording, talk frankly to the brewers. Before we get to that, though, we're going to talk about the tropical superhighway. Everyone knows I love audience participation. I love every single person who's in the room tonight. The person I love the most is Michael. Michael, can you get off your bum and come down here? Because uh, I've got a special little job for you. Michael is uh, sitting in the bar. He's not moving yet. But I know with a bit of audience noise, there's hundreds of people here. There oh, we Michael. go. Michael's going to be brought Let's up. Go. Let's go, buddy. Let's go, brother. Now... <laughs> Nick has already said that he was a founding member of the One Drop team. Uh, I don't know whether Michael is a founding member or whether he joined yesterday, but Michael, we're going to put you on the spot. Can you please tell us about the Tropical Superhighway and what we should be tasting in our glasses? Um, So I've only recently just had the Tropical Superhighway. It was absolutely delicious, so... Tell with the company line, I like that. Yes, um, <laughs> really, really days. insane. Um, such a good uh, smoothie sour. I can't remember what exactly. Was it mango, blueberry, apricot, and something else? Dang on. Fucking there nailed it. Something else. Nailed it. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I can't get my hands on it too often because we sell out too much <laughs> um, up in the New South. But. Um, very keen to have tried it before the podcast and 
It is really delicious. Yeah. Hopefully, it's uh, in a store near you. Hey, um, Mick, what do you soon. do for One Drop? What do I do? Yeah. Uh, sales rep. There you go. Yeah. Literally fresh, just started, and yeah. Day, day two. What, yeah. what do you do day two when you start at One Drop as a, as a sales rep? I cling. Um, <laughs> cling to Monty is a very good fellow, and uh, yeah, he knows a lot. So yeah, it's very good being a part of this team, and um, look forward to the future, obviously. Monty, does, is Michael replacing you, or like, are you just the apprentice? <laughs> Uh, yeah, mini me, uh, <laughs> little puppet. No, we um we love the Victorian market, and um we've now gone direct in Victoria, um, which means that we can invest and be able to support our customers. Um, so having someone on the road, so Michael's two two days a week at the moment part time, um, but we'll yeah we'll build that up to to full time. Does um, this mean that when you guys fly back to Sydney tomorrow, Michael's on his own? Fuck yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Baptism of fire, baby. Yeah. Michael, how do you feel about that, mate? Uh, it's good, yeah. I like, nah, well, yeah. I like being alone, but obviously support's great. Especially <laughs> um, being new, but I, I am going up there very uh, soon. Uh, next week. Are you, yeah. you going to head up because you're going to miss them when they're gone? 100%. Yeah. We're going to miss them. Really good crew. We're going to miss them. Yeah. No, I think it's, uh, yeah, immerse yourself in, in one drop, so fly them up next week. Um, gets to see the brewery, meet the crew, um, taste some beers, and just have some fun. Um, and while you're up here, what, what else have you done? Where's, where's the background? Where was pre-One Drop, Michael, in uh, the pre world? Pre-One Drop, I'm still there, but um, bottle shop. So I've Sweet. been in liquor stores for the last uh, almost six years even, so... Working weekends, nights, um, getting a re- really good feel for customers and how to handle people. I am based in Richmond at the moment, so we do um, we get a, a bunch of different people rolling through the door, but it's really good to, yeah, you know, um, work with um, customers and locals and you know see what they want and how they react to new products. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks, Michael. Thanks for. Uh, we dropped you in the shit there. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, I knew this was coming. These boys like to throw me in the deep end. I've, I've done a tasting before I even started with them, so um, that was delicious. <laughs> so I think this might be an opportunity to let's talk about the super highway. So before we got on air, Nick was saying, oh, "Okay, so Yellow Mellows, you know, pretty, pretty you know, standard." Sour. Yeah. And when I tasted that, I thought, no, this is actually pretty massive. It's a pretty big sour, even though it's a, a, like a milkshake style or sh- sherbet, the sorbet type of sour. But this, in comparison, actually does put it in the shade. This, yeah, the superhighway is huge. Um, is it what you had in mind when you set out to, to produce, produce this style? Is, it, yeah, is this everything you hoped and dreamed? This is very, very close too. So when we set out to do an imperial smoothie sour, something that Monty touched on earlier, um, and something that annoyed me in like the food world as well as the beer and wine and etc. world was, you read a label and it goes, this has banana, vanilla, whatever in it. I'm going to stop 
banging the desk because I can hear the feedback. No, 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 it's, um, it shows how passionate you no, are. No, no, like I, guess, I guess it's more like uh, if the label says it's in there, you want to be able to taste it. And, and just kind of, so what Monty was kind of saying earlier is it's kind of something we pride ourselves on is that um, if you're reading that description of what we put in the beer that you taste it, and this kind of level of sour and the, these smoothie sours, I think showcase that exquisitely. Like it's thick. It, I mean, look at the glass. It's like sticking to the edge. Um, the mango, banana. So it's a it's fermented on blueberry skin. This one does have mango in it. It's not does. just no. me. <laughs> it's not mango. just a pineapple. No, um, yeah, I think I think the combination of fruits. It's definitely um, definitely what we had envisioned for sure in terms of being a thick. Uh, uh, oh, hang on. I guess. What do you guys think of it? I really like it. I, I love it. First I mean, impressions. I think, yep. Um, for me, for me, and I don't know what gives it this character, but it's got this dry grippiness to it, and it makes sense with it. Like, it's huge, but it's not unforgivingly big like some of these can be. It cleans itself up and makes you want to have another sip, which I find fascinating about this. I don't... Yeah, I find it really... I find... Yeah, a lot of people who try this style often screw it up with that. They they just make it massive and it's... it's you know, you have a couple of sips and you go, yeah, that was interesting, let's move on. Whereas this has something else going in the background, especially on the palate. You get the banana through really quickly on the nose. Um, but everything else comes through, like in the taste. It's yeah, it's super balanced. It's for, for me, and for me, look. First of all, I, you know, I like to say things that ensure that brewers and brew teams never come back. So try to say something a bit blasphemous and sacrilegious. You know, I would love to have this over um, some vanilla ice cream or something like that served as a dessert uh, at a beer dinner I think would be amazing I would love to have these flavours like this in a muffin for breakfast in the morning as well so you know quite genuinely some of those sort of it's, there's just such full mouthful flavours would, um, would you guys go as far as to say that like when that was poured out of the tap of the can and like you know, we've been drinking it for a little bit now before we started recording but was there a wow factor there was there like whoa what is this what is going on here um, yeah, to- it totally. Great, it's yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah. upon smelling it. And so, I guess the three of you confirmed your question, Warren, is did we get out, did we achieve what we set out to do? And that was yes. Like, we wanted, yeah. this is yeah. a style, this is the upper end of the sales we do, where people crack it or taste it or get it on tap and go, whoa, what is going on here? This is crazy. But it works. What's, right? what's the response when you get, like... Like, I mean, if you're in, your, in the tap room, for example, uh, or like we are here tonight, yeah. do people gravitate towards something like this because it's different? Like, what's the response you get from the general public out there in the tap room? I think um, we're so fortunate in Australia to have like, access to fresh fruit. I think this is different because it's alcoholic boost juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, diff- different flavors, different I guess combination of fruits as well. Uh, do they get it? Do they come back? Like, is it? Do you get people just having a taste of it and they kind of push it aside and go for something else? Do they revisit it? I reckon they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. Well, you've got to get your your vitamins. <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, 
Can I ask about the ideation process, which I think is a word we've never used on the podcast I love uh, that before? Word. Yeah, no, I can tell, and I, <laughs> I love the concept as well. And we again, we're talking about sort of pulling back the curtain a bit here. For people who don't experience beers like this often, there's always a sort of a bit of a feeling of they've just added more things and then somebody else has added another thing. Like it's almost like a committee of adding things. When you think back to these ideation processes for really complex beers like this, are there bits where you or somebody else in the team has to say, no, 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 that one, that flavour won't work or that ingredient won't work? And are there examples you could think of for that to sort of counteract that? perception of they've just used everybody thing they found when they went to the grocer in the morning <laughs> uh, 100% that happens and the ideation process is a lot like what this podcast is right now which is we sit around have some beers and talk some shit um, and from now on this will be if, if I could rename the podcast it would just be called the ideation process so. no I mean 100% and like we I mean you know it was just claiming a night to start and we brought Monty on board and then we brought a few people into production and there's a collaborative area there and I guess we sit around and bounce ideas off each other. A lot of people, in fact all of us I'd say, wonder about foodies, also like cocktails and so like quite, like, you know, we're, we're, we're involved in that idea of where taste can go and what we've, what we've tasted out there, etc. And so we'll bounce ideas off each other. There's been a few silly ones like, you know, I think I was at the last Ale Stars. I said I wanted to put seafood products in my beer, which is fucking stupid, but I had a few beers. But um, Hang on, what seafood products? I, well, I said fish, but then I'm a Kiwi and it came out wrong, so it was like everyone just had a bit of a laugh. So um, I always wanted to make Clamato beer. But that we, was ended always, up, that was yes. we did end up using squid ink recently, so um, I guess we kind of got halfway there. But, uh, you know, the process, David, is not so much like how much can we pile on top, but it comes from what we've done before, right? So... The first sour we did was just a really basic blueberry sour. It was hardly even purple. Um, and then we learned how to use fruit. So then we did a, then we did a, then we did a passion fruit one. And like that was three and a half years ago. And I guess every time we make beers like this, it's, it's just to build on what we've done earlier and what we've learned and what worked and what doesn't. And these pilot programs, and, you know, we talked about it earlier with the hazy, where it is now. Before that, it was definitely a sour pilot program. And I guess each time we're building on what we learned before and that quite that works that doesn't too much of a load not enough um, you know, recently the guys in the production team I'm not there again um, this week and I've you know adjusted we're about to release a, a different um, a different series of sours and I've taken on themselves to figure out that's not quite enough and you know I've not put enough raspberry in so I've now figured out and put more in and, and, and figured that out last minute and that's that's where a lot of like these beers come from is we start with an idea we get right to almost pre-packaging and go, oh, there's not quite enough of this, or it could use more of that. Um, or, like you said, we've added this and it's wrong. So like, what we'll do is we'll amplify the other products to drown that out because it's not quite working. And that's the agility you need uh, in, a, in a kind of craft brewery that doing things like this is that you can change on the fly and, and adjust things. I think it's so important that people sort of hear that part of the story. Just yeah, yeah, okay. the complexity of the process rather than just sort of this imagined thing particularly from people who don't interact with beers like that yeah. that often yeah. they're just sort of oh they just chuck it all in it's yeah. a much more subtle process yeah. and you've got to have an excellent palate to do what you do yeah it's touch and go and it's and I agree with you David it's, it's not so much throw it in and then just go oh Monty go sell that because we told you to it's it's very much like oh what do you guys all reckon is this sour enough is it not sour enough does it need more fruit like 
as long as we're all happy with that product, then the rest of the process will, will continue on, right? So, hey, um, Monty, after 18 months, um, is there any beers that they've said, go sell this, and you've just thought to yourself, holy shit, how am I going to sell this? <laughs> pretty, pretty fortunate to... Uh, <laughs> To work for a brewery with such a great brewery. Travis, team. Travis, pretend to turn the recording off for a moment. Of course. No, I think I think it probably comes from confidence in selling a product. Um, so we 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 have a double IPA called Faded, um, first brewed in September <laughs> last year, and we dumped the entire batch. We weren't happy with it. Um, didn't spend enough time in tank, um, and yeah. So when, when we when we canned it, um, after I guess yeah, seeing if it overcome can shark is yeah, a little bit of grain, a bit of hot burn. Um, so the fact that you've got a I guess a brewing team, a, a company that's willing to dump an entire batch of beer mm. because we weren't happy with the quality, um, we built built up a nice momentum with our hazy program. I think that kind of gives me confidence that every beer that we release, I'm confident I can sell. And um, we yeah, ended up rebrewing it in what, February or March, uh, submitted it to the, the Avers, so the Australian International Beer Awards, and it picked up gold. Um, so, yeah, stoked. Shout out, shout out to our brewer, Paddy. That was his recipe. He fucking That's nailed awesome. that one. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, I think we've got a few audience questions. Is that right? We're going to Hi. kick off with, uh, with Chris, if he's not wherever he's hiding. But if there's other people in the room, and I know that there's, uh, there's our regular 72 attendees here, and then a few hundred more than that already in the room with us here tonight. So if you've got some questions, an awesome opportunity to come up and ask them. Uh, Chris, would you like to come up and ask your question? Come on, Nash. You know you want to... Come on, Nash! Yes! Here we go. Take the microphone, my friend. Uh, before you do, I'll let everyone know, Nash is a regular here on a Thursday night at Hopheads. They changed their regular night to come in and listen to the podcast. Um, I feel like I had something to do with that. He doesn't have his hoodie on at the moment, which is really disappointing. Nash, over to you, my friend. Oh, look, my hoodie's in the car. I can go and get it if you really want me to. Um, I've got a question for the wine drop guys. Is the Mork list coming back? I'm glad you brought that up. Sorry. Nash. 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 Uh, we just talked about it earlier, the, the one with the squid ink, right? Yes. Uh, never say never. Uh, look, we through that collab, we, we formed a really strong bond with the boys at Funky Fluid. And, uh, sorry, uh... Kretcher, sorry, and uh, we're looking to do something in the future together down this way and hopefully get them down here and their COVID's over, so for sure. It's very exciting. Yeah. Did you like it? Oh, it was right up there. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, awesome. awesome. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, brother. How much squid ink do you use in a beer like that? No, there's... Sorry. Uh, um, I think, so, we had to use... Yeah, we use Spanish squid ink. Yeah, because it's cheaper. Um, and it was imported over from the mid. Uh, I think it was about 20 kilo. I don't know what that works out to be in mil because it's like quite dense. Yeah. Effect, but yeah, it was 20 like kilo. Two big boxes of 
like 500 gram jars. Wow. Um, that wasn't questioned by customs at all. <laughs> yeah. And and how big a batch would did you make out of those? Like how big was that, the that brew was batch? A pilot size. So, that, so after losses, that was maybe 800 liters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nice. Wow. And so taking it back to the super highway. Yep. Um, is this a pilot batch or a full batch? And how much fruit goes into something like this? Right, so we've got... Pilot batch would be 1,000 litres. Yep. Um, we've got a medium, which is 2,500. Yep. And then we've got a big, which is, which is 5,000. Uh-huh. Um, so this is a medium. And the fruiting rate, I would say, sits around 450 grams per litre. Wow. So about 45% of the glass is fruit. Yeah, and you can, and that's added post fermentation. Uh, post fermentation, and you can kind of tell because it just <laughs> yeah. there's like there's chunks of fruit still in my glass. I feel like it's yeah, it's quite amazing. I think it's yeah, it's mind blowing. Thanks. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Um, on a side note, David, you mentioned just before that you wanted to brew or be always clamato. There's actually been a brewery that's done that in... I say Clamato, but yeah. Clamato, Clamato. Um, Clamato. Uh, Bellwoods in Toronto did it, but they never canned it because it turned out that it was really, really shit. <laughs> well, it would be on a par with the chicken beer I infamously brewed once, and so the less we say about that in public, the better. I'm really looking for someone else from the audience to come up and ask a question so that I can move away from discussions about chicken beer, beef beer, and other things that I've brewed over the years. And anyone out there, if you do want to hear the episode about David's chicken beer, you've got to go back to episode... I want to say 69, but I'm probably wrong on that, but it's one of the episodes somewhere in there that uh, David talks about his chicken beer. Are there any more audience questions out there? Come on, there must be someone else who wants to ask an audience question. Well, we'll take that as a sign from the gods that it's time to wrap up here at Hopheads in Yarraville. It's been fantastic to have the guys from One Drop On tonight Really generous with their time and amazing from Hopheads to uh, to get the guys down here for us to interview. So a big thank you to them as well. Uh, we look forward to many more visits out here and many, many more great tap lineups. Uh, as we've experienced a couple of weeks ago, we were down here for Brewery uh, and One Drop today. Next couple of things from the Cool Room perspective, we're going to be out at the Williamstown Beer and Cider Festival Saturday week. All sorts of things lined up uh, for our online sessions. Not far away from Christmas and another live event around that. Uh, We look forward to having you join all of our socials. And, guys, as part of your wrapping up, tell us about the One Drop social media. Or should we get Mike or back over to do that? Uh, So you can follow us at One Drop Brewing Co. on all social media. Uh, So Instagram, Facebook... Um, check out our website www.onedropbrewingco.com.au um, yeah that's the plug that's the plug I've got I like drop. it yeah. so a big thank you to Nick and a big thank you to Monty from the room thank you very much for having us guys appreciate it thanks for having us and a big thank you to the guys from Hopheads for having yeah. us back after what I don't know the third time we've been here maybe it's Something like that at the very least. So yep. a big round of applause for the good people of Hopheads. <laughs> and a big round of applause for Travis and Warren who make all of this happen. So thank you guys for being down here tonight. Thank you, David. Cheers, guys. Good night. <laughs>